good to be back. I miss my girls. I miss getting together. Summer's an awesome time in Michigan, though, so I know we're going to have a lot of fun. We try to make this as easy a commitment as possible. Every other week, we know you're going to be gone sometimes. That's okay. I'm even going to be gone one time. That's okay. <laughs> but we're just so glad to see everybody here. So I know people are going to keep filtering in. But I also know how long-winded I am, so I need to get started. <laughs> so um, first of all, I just want to say welcome, welcome. We're so excited. Um, boy, I, I'm just so blessed because what I see is a level of hunger here that you set aside this time because you, you hunger after what God has for you, and I believe it's going to be awesome. This right now, this all it's already yours, is probably my life message. And I've been living this out for some time. And so I will kind of apologize for some of the repeated stories, but it's my life right now. And um, what I really like about Summer Life Group is though we love praise and worship, we just kind of get to it, all right? We do the teaching, and then we're going to do table discussions. So you should all have a folder, right? If you didn't get a folder, make sure you have one. And this is just for you um, to keep all your lessons together to make it easier for you. Um, we didn't attach them in the three-hole punch because you might want them side by side. You might want to say, I'm taking notes today. We're doing a little fill-in-the-blank style of teaching that's a little different for us too. But um, so that's for your convenience. Let me just say, if and when you miss, we will always post the worksheet and the podcast so on your own time, if you want to do the catch-up, you can do that. Is that good? We'll be posting it on Facebook, so just to let you know that. But no, I want to share with you real quickly from Ephesians 1. And I've been praying for you. I'm so excited to see you. Um, I, know, I know most of you, but there are some of you that I don't know. I think that's awesome that you want to get connected here. But I love Ephesians 1 because it's really my prayer for you. This is really my heart. This is what is fire in my bones, all right? This was what stirs me up for you. And it, even Paul was praying, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the Amplified, it says, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. How many think that sounds pretty good? Yeah, more wisdom, revelation. Let me just say, revelation breathes life into your life. And when you receive revelation, it's a, it's a supernatural thing because it comes only through the Holy Spirit. And it becomes a building block in your life. It becomes your frame of reference. It becomes the way you view everything. So revelation, living from revelation to revelation changes us from the inside out. And I really believe that you're going to get downloads of revelation this summer with this study. I know I have. I might even have to step on a few spiritual toes. I'm somewhat gentle, but if God tells me to stop, I might stop. All right? But it's out of love. Because sometimes we need to be challenged in the way that we've been thinking if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so my fire, my passion, and at one point I remember hearing the Holy Spirit say, will you defend the honor of my name? And when we believe something about God that is not true about his character, we are, we are defaming him. It's slander against our God. And I said, yes, sir. I will defend the honor of your name. So we want to have a correct understanding and revelation of who God is. And in that, we find a correct revelation of who we are in Christ. Amen? All right. So here's what we're going to do today. I want to just go through a few things with you. Um, by the way, the moment you walked through that door, you became an impact woman. You are now officially a member of the Order of Impact Women. And you say, what is an impact woman? Well, I'm glad you asked because on the third page in your folder, we're going to read this together. This is an impact woman. You are a woman 
of influence. And we're going to read this together. Because this is my heart for this ministry, women's ministry. You know, we love calling ourselves impact because we want to be impacted by the word of God so we can make an impact on our world. Amen? And so um, we definitely want to make sure that everything that happens in impact, which is our logo and our branding. So if you see impact attached to anything, it's us. Res Life Women, all right? So this is, this is who we are, and this is what I believe Res Life Women is all about. So let's read this together. Everybody got it? All right, let's say it. Come on, ladies, say it with some determination and some conviction. We're going to say, I am an impact woman. I am a woman of influence. I leave the thumbprint of God everywhere I go. I am a woman of courageous faith. I have been impacted by the word of truth, and I will never be the same. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I belong to my Father. My Father is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am his princess, treasured and precious. I belong to the sisterhood of believers in Jesus Christ. I operate in a spirit of wisdom and revelation through the Holy Spirit. I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of a stranger I do not follow. I pick up the sword of the Spirit and do battle in the heavenlies through prayer. My hope and confidence is in the Lord, therefore I will not be shaken. I am empowered by grace to love deeply because I am deeply loved. I am empowered by grace to forgive readily because I have been forgiven much. I am empowered by grace to boldly proclaim that for God and the righteousness of God in Jesus. I no longer live for God, but live from God. When I speak, the law of kindness is on my tongue. I am the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Everything I set my hand to do prospers. I impact my world. I am an impact woman, and if you agree with that, say amen. All right. It's powerful to declare and proclaim who we really are. And if you say, oh, I don't know if that's really me. Oh, it is. It is. We're speaking it over you. Speak it over yourself. It's truth from the word of God, and that's what changes us. All right. A few announcements before we get into the teaching here. Um, Let's see. On your tables... You have uh, just some upcoming events. We like to just kind of lay that out there. And also on your tables is a real fun um, little postcard thingy. I lost mine. That's about our next event coming up in August. You say, August already? Thank you. Um, It is our Laugh Impact. How many of you have ever been to Laugh Impact? It's a barrel of laughs. It is so much fun. We invite um, River City Improv to come. And they do a real fun audience participation style of comedy. Always fun, always um, clean. (laughs) Humor is not always clean, but they are. And um, so we invite you. It is a $5 ticket. And all summer long at these sessions, you will have the opportunity to purchase that ticket ahead of time. It is an $8 ticket at the door. But um, it's just a fun night. We've got lots of giveaways, refreshments, good connecting, and a good word, too. But for your convenience, we have a laptop. On the welcome table back there, you can either register online um, and and get a ticket that way, or we've got paper tickets available today, too. So just so you know, you can take the postcard, give it to other people maybe that you want to invite. But that event is coming up. I also want to remind you that we have an intercessory prayer group that meets every Thursday morning. Everybody say 9 to 10. All right. Their summer schedule, they meet in the zone. From 9 o'clock to 10 a.m., this is a very dedicated, committed group of women, and you are always invited to join them. They pray not only for our church, but for our country, for our city. They pray as the Holy Spirit leads. It's very powerful. And, you know, if you want to be a part of that, maybe that's something you can fit in. Come an hour early. You can go there from 9 to 10 in the zone and then come here and join us at 10. Uh, But they meet every week uh, for the summer on Thursday mornings in the zone. Um, Let me just mention that I said we would post everything on Facebook and the podcast. Um, I've been told that this is the easiest way to find our podcasts. Um, Find them in SoundCloud. Yeah, and under Women's Ministry. 
And you can go back a couple of years because um, we have been recording our messages for, for many, many years, actually. But we will especially make sure that this, these messages appear on SoundCloud. Or you can go to thereslife.org and find all the podcast lists there. All right? One other thing. Sorry, I don't like a lot of announcements. But we have a brand new opportunity for those of you who might enjoy sewing or quilting. And they're called Patriotic Piecers. And they are also going to follow our schedule here, meaning every other week um, throughout the summer. And what they're doing, there's a ministry to cover veterans uh, uh, who have served our country through the military with comfort and peace by making these beautiful patriotic quilts. And they've already made several, I want to say they've got three to four already in the making. And in the fall, those of you who are part of our Thursday Morning Impact, we're going to be inviting some veterans to come and, and, and cover them with these quilts and present them. But they're spending all summer long preparing for that. And, if, and, and they even invite people, if you don't even know how to sew but you'd like to learn, um, there's plenty of, of extra sewing machines. and These women are awesome to help you, uh, you know, learn to, to sew a straight line. Really, that's what it is, right? Yes. I'm sorry, child care does not. Yep, that could be a factor, but good question. All right, so if you, if you want to know more about patriotic piecers, Gloria, what time do you girls meet? Is it 1 o'clock? 12.30 to 1 o'clock. They, they, they work for about four hours starting at 12.30 in the blue room. Purple room. <laughs> Maybe I'm colorblind. Purple room. Got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I thought it was blue. All right. All right, ladies, can we just open in a word of prayer? Father God, we just love you. I am so thankful for every woman here. I believe that you have put a stirring in their heart, igniting a new fire in their bones. They want to know. They want revelation. We need wisdom. And we're coming to our source, which is you, Father God. Not see before. Reveal something to us that we can hang on to. Reveal something, something to us that becomes a cornerstone, unshakable, immovable in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that revelation becomes part of our life and breathes life into our life. And your word is true. Your word is sure. And we just enjoy your presence here today. And all God's girls said, amen. Awesome. Well, today, we are going to start with what I'm calling See It, Believe It, Receive It. And you can start with your, your fill-in-the-blanks here because we'll go through and equip you for our table discussions. If you notice on your fill-in-the-blank sheets, there's we're going to be going through those first, and then if you flip that sheet over, those are the questions that we're going to take some time at the end. And I sure need to keep track of time today. <laughs> All right, our scripture to base what we're talking about today is at the top of your page there. It's found in Ephesians 1, verse 3, and this is in the Amplified. It says, blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. So let's focus on that first, that first question there. Worksheet question number one. Let's focus on three significant parts of this scripture, Ephesians 3.1. There's three words, or three, three different parts of this scripture. The first one is has, H-A-S. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second one is every. And the third one is in Christ. In Christ. And if you want to, go ahead and circle those right in your scripture there, because those are the three significant words that I want to hit. And isn't it funny, sometimes the most significant are the smallest words. Very, very often that is so true. So our first word is just has. And has is past tense. It is not future tense. It is not going to happen. 
It is not contingent on something that, already, that has to happen first. It is not contingent on your level of spirituality. It is not contingent on if you fast and pray enough. It is not contingent and dependent upon how spiritual you're feeling today. It has nothing to do with that. It's already been done. It's has. It's in the past. And this is what we're going to find out, what has already been done. Whatever Jesus accomplished at the cross is already done for you today. Not in the future, not when you get to heaven, but right now, right here. So you can begin enjoying a different level and quality of life that I believe God has designed for every one of us. But has this past tense, there's nothing lacking in it, nothing missing. But what would it be like if we were sitting at a feast and there's every kind of food in front of you that you could ever desire or imagine. And you say, I'm hungry, where's the food? And somebody would say, well, it's right in front of you, just eat it. But the only way that that food's going to get from the table to your mouth is if you See it, believe it's for you, which somebody just told you it was, and now you receive it. And if you don't do that, you could be hungry with a feast sitting in front of you. And don't we even ask God for things that maybe he just scratches his head? Like, here's an example. What if you were sitting in a chair, this isn't a spiritual example, and you said, Oh, I really need a chair. And somebody says, you're already sitting in it. Why are you asking? That seems like a dumb question, doesn't it? Or if you give a child a brand new bike that they've been dreaming about, and they come to you and say, I really, 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 really want a bike. You say, I've already given it to you. But don't we approach God that way? We beg him for forgiveness of sins. But according to Ephesians 1.7, we have redemption through his blood. You've already got it. All right, I'm going to say forgiveness, and I want you to say, it's already mine, okay? Forgiveness. Good. We pray for, to God to give me more patience. I need more love. I need peace. I need joy. And when Galatians 2.20 says that in the fruit of the Spirit, it's already in you if you are truly born again. So I'm going to say fruit of the Spirit, and you're going to say, it's already mine. That's right. We pray, Lord, if it be your will, please heal me. That seems like a respectful prayer. And I'm not talking about disrespecting God. In no way would I ever encourage that. But 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes, you have already been healed. It's done. So your healing is what? It's already mine. Every, let's go to the next word. Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing? Oh, sometimes we look at God and we think, Surely not every spiritual blessing. You wouldn't, I don't deserve every spiritual blessing. Again, we measure ourselves to see if we're qualified to receive what God has already given. And he's already qualified you. And he says, yep, every spiritual blessing. Which means he's not withholding anything, ladies. It's already yours. It's already yours. But why do we sometimes act like God doesn't want to give us good things? Because good parents give kids good things, right? I have this desire in three years to take all of my grandbabies to Disney World first class. I want to do it. It's going to take, yes, let's go. <laughs> and I mean, we're going to spend a lot of money, but I have to wait three years. So, but I want to do it because I want to bless my grandkids and they'll be a little bit older and we'll have more fun. So why wouldn't God want to give you every spiritual blessing? And I hope that blows your mind. We need to expand our understanding. We limit God. We put him in a box. We say, oh, surely, surely not every spiritual blessing. Surely, yes. That's what the word of God is telling us. And that third phrase is maybe the most important. In Christ. In Christ. None of this happens without Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what he has already finished on the cross. Did he not say it is finished? 
So what did he finish? Every spiritual blessing. He provided everything for you. And we know what those are by, um, we'll go through the scriptures. But if you are in Christ, everything that Jesus provided and finished on the cross is yours. And what did he do? He suffered so you wouldn't have to suffer. He bore God's anger and his wrath and punishment. Somebody had to suffer. Somebody had to pay for sins. And he did it on our behalf. I've got good news. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at sin anymore. It's already finished. So we don't have to approach God with our tail between our legs and say, oh, God, I'm, I'm such a terrible sinner. How could you possibly admit me to your presence? He says, get over here. It's already finished. I see it all anyway. Just come here. Let me love on you. Let me show you my goodness so you can repent, and these things will fall off of you. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, to changing in our mind, to changing in our actions, to changing in our lives. It's such a good cycle. But I do want to show you my, my little uh, illustration of what it looks like to be in Christ. Because here's my, somebody called this a brick. This is not a brick. This is my Bible. This is my rock. <laughs> they were teasing because they said, I hope you're not hitting people over the head with the word of God because I would really hurt. And I said, okay, ha, ha, ha. But anyway... So this is you. Look at slender, beautiful you. This pen, and this is Christ. When you are saved, you are hidden in Christ. When God looks at you, what does he see? He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees righteousness. He even sees holiness. He has placed us in a position in Christ. And we're going to be talking throughout the summer what that means. Because without Christ, none of this works. This is all about Jesus. So if Christ is in you, you are in Christ. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Amen? But I don't know about you, but there came a day when I looked at my Christian walk in my spiritual life, and I, I, I saw some things lacking because it didn't line up with what God said that He already provided. So, okay, now why am I not experiencing that? Why, when I pray for healing, I don't get an answer? And I even blame God for some of that. Are you kidding me? That okay, who did I just say? I turn my, <laughs> I miss every call I'm supposed to get, and I get these calls whenever I'm speaking in public. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay, I'm busy. <laughs> I cannot believe that. Oh, that is the most funny thing. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you got that on tape. That was funny. All right. I totally lost my place. Um, oh, there came a day. <laughs> when I looked at my life and I said, Lord, I believe your word is true. But I don't see it happening. The way I see it in the word of God, I don't see it happening in my life. And it was, it was a kind of, it was a come to Jesus moment. It was a, a humbling moment. Um, and let me just tell you, just because somebody gives you a title, and just because you know you have a calling, doesn't mean that you got your act all together. And that's why I say, ladies, I'm living this one out. I am walking this one out. If, if nobody else gets anything out of this, I do. So we're going to just keep going here. Because I need it. I need it. But I, I just said, God, where's this victorious living thing? You know, I, there's a disconnect here. And I don't really understand it. And sometimes I feel like I don't know why my prayers are not getting results. Now, you don't have to raise your hand. But anybody tracking with me on that? Okay. All right. Because James 5.16 does say this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, that's what the Word of God says. I'm righteous, not because I'm so good, but because he's so good, he placed me in his righteousness so I can say I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe that. So that gives me the right to stand on every promise of God. Amen. So I said, okay, I believe your word is true. God, you are good 
and you are trying to get good things to me. I believe that. So, Lord, where's the disconnect? Let's keep going. Psalm 84:11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You are upright in him because you've been made uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm not withholding a thing, Karen. I, I like to say this. You can have as much of God as you want. How much do you want? He's not withholding anything from us, anything good. But I do think it is a valid and relatable issue for many of us because we really do sincerely desire to walk out our life according to the word of God. But is God holding out on us? Let me hear it. No, he is not. Let's go to question number two. As believers, we are not trying to get something from God. Because we just read, he's not holding anything back. We're not trying to twist God's arm to get something from God. We're fighting to receive the full manifestation of what is already ours in Christ. As believers, we're not trying to get something from God. We're fighting to receive the full manifestation of what's already ours in Christ. So I believe God is honored when we take from him. When we say, God, I am claiming what is mine. I believe he has honored that. But believers, girls, impact women, we need to be good receivers. So the, the problem is not on the supply end because God's already done it, right? It's in the past. It's done. It's done, done, done. But maybe the thing that needs to change is what's happening on the receiving end. And again, I really believe this study has transformed my thinking so that I know how to release faith and how to receive what every spiritual blessing is in the finished works on the cross. It's finished. So there's nothing undone, right? And I know that he meant that. That every spiritual blessing is ours. But if we are not good receivers, we may never get to enjoy that. And it's not a salvation issue, ladies. You can be saved, but what quality of saving, being saved, are we able to enjoy in our lives? Well, let me just give you an example. My in-laws received a letter from an attorney saying, you have a long-lost relative with the same last name, Waldhart, and we were, we were trying to track down relatives to settle his estate and you have some money coming to you if you will respond to this letter and you say oops scam don't do it but there was nothing that they were asking for they weren't asking for social security numbers they weren't asking for money they just said just simply respond and they decided to go ahead and do it and the funny thing is, is they didn't know who this person was and since then we've learned if your name's Waldhart we're all related how about that we did not know that but Weeks later, they received a check for a couple thousand dollars and found out this man was a professional musician, a pianist, lived on the East Coast, didn't have a family, maybe kids or what, never married. And um, so they got to lay claim to an inheritance that was waiting for them. But had they not laid claim to it, had they not received it, they never would have been able to enjoy it. And aren't the blessings of God, every spiritual blessings that are waiting for us, in the same way, if we don't reach out and believe that it's there and receive it, we're never going to get to enjoy it. And there's so much more. God does not want you to live at a low level of enjoyment of your life. And let me just say, that doesn't mean we're problem-free. Was Jesus' life problem-free? Was Paul's life problem-free? It's not about having no problems. It's about having the power and the understanding and the confidence to, to get through those things in victory. Whatever the devil meant for your harm, you're going to turn it around for good, God, because I know and I trust you and I know who I am in Christ and I know whose I am and I understand that you're fighting battles for me and it doesn't matter what the devil's going to do to me, I'm going to get through this in Jesus' name. I'm already victorious. You got me going and I don't even know if I can stop. Because that's the kind of confidence that we can have in our God to face everything that comes our way. Sometimes it's an attack. Sometimes other people 
okay, let's not go there. We've got to love people through their, their difficulties too. But you know, there's collateral damage to other people's bad choices. There just are. But that doesn't mean you're a walking target. That doesn't mean it has to completely destroy your life. You're walking in a different place in Jesus' name. And we can begin to enjoy more of what Jesus has provided. He paid too great a price for you to be living at a low level of enjoyment, enjoying everything that he provided for you. All right, you got me going. Come on. All right. All right. Somebody might be thinking, oh, that sounds good on paper, Karen. <laughs> but how can I see this happen in my life? Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I really believe God's going to open some understanding to us. But here's another foundational truth. Question number three. First, I said we have to believe that God is good and trying to get good things to us. Well, here's another good one. The word of God works every time. The word of God works every time. Nothing in the word of God can be false because if there's one thing that's not true, then it's all, we should throw it all out. But the word of God works every time. We have to work from that understanding and not pick and choose what we think is true and what doesn't work and what does work. You got that? We have to know believe and understand that everything that happens, even in your prayer life, if it comes to pass, if it doesn't come to pass, I have to go back to what I know is true, and the word of God works every time. I will not question God's word. I will not question his faithfulness. I will not question his love for me. I will not question the credibility of the word of God, because the word of God works every time, and it's truth, period. The world does not like that. The world wants you to think whatever you believe is true is true for you. Truth is transient. Whatever, whatever you feel is truth. <laughs> Bunk and baloney. There is truth, period, found in the word of God. And the word of God works every time. Amen? Amen. All right. I hope you're getting stirred up because I sure am. All right. <laughs> Perhaps we could say the word of God works every time. And I'm learning, I'm still learning how to work the word of God to see it work in my life. That's God's desire for all of us. So it's okay to question, why, God, why? Why didn't that happen? I prayed, I believed. I remember Dory Mendering telling me, y'all remember Dory, love that lady, she's my friend and mentor, former um, pastor of women's ministry, she said the first time she got a hold of the word of faith and she prayed for somebody who was dying, they died. That's not a good start to laying hands on people. Why did that happen, God? We don't always know, but the word of God works every time. All right, we're not going to doubt the word of God because my experience didn't line up with what I thought was going to happen. Maybe there's something I need to understand. So sometimes we have a valid question, but we come up with the wrong conclusion. I prayed for healing, and I didn't get healed. So maybe God doesn't heal every time. Maybe that sin kept me from receiving something from God. Mm. Maybe I didn't read my Bible enough. Maybe I should have been fasting. Maybe there was something I was supposed to do to qualify to receive an answer to that prayer. I'm going to say bunk and baloney because God has already qualified you. Is there a disconnect? Maybe. Maybe something that we're going to talk about today will help us with that too because that happened to me. That happened to me, but I had to go back to what I know. The word of God works every time. Lord, help me to learn how to work the word of God in my life. So in the next five weeks, this is what I'm not going to do. Ten steps to receiving answers to your prayers. Or ten steps why you didn't receive an answer to your prayers. I don't like those approaches. I want to show you the truth of the word of God so you get revelation. This is not a step one, step two, step three. This is not what you're going to do. It's what you believe. What you believe is at the heart of what you're going to see manifested in your life. We've got to believe right. We've got to believe the word of God. We've got to line up with what the word of God says. And the devil is so out there to deceive us into believing things that are not true. And it started in the garden. And he come and plant those little seeds of doubt. Well, maybe God really didn't want you to know everything. And so you should eat of that tree. And all of a sudden, Eve is doubting God's faithfulness and love for her, like God's withholding something good 
But we know from our scripture that God doesn't hold anything back that is a benefit. Okay. Anybody else calling? Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go to question number four. There are two realms. There are two realms. Everything Jesus finished on the cross is located in the spirit realm. Small s. Spirit realm. Not the Holy Spirit. Everything we experience with our physical senses is located in the physical realm. Okay, I've told this story so many times. I'm sure many of you have heard it. But I'm sorry, I just have to tell it again. Because <laughs> last October, I was experiencing terrible pain in my knee, and it's from an old gymnastics injury back in the day that I thought I was a gymnast, and I'm not. And so I had, I had hurt my knee, and throughout the years, it kind of would give me problems here and there. There was a time when I couldn't even cross my legs, sit crisscross applesauce, and my knee would pop out of joint. So there was something weird going on for years. But I nursed it along, and sometimes it was fine, and sometimes it would hurt, but it always went away. Well, something happened last summer, end of last summer, and I was experiencing a lot of pain, and my knee was like blown up to one and a half, two times the size that it should be, and um, I knew it could probably be fixed surgically. I knew that it could even maybe even be some kind of arthroscopic, maybe less invasive, but here's, here's my issue. It was October, and with all my heart, I wanted to go visit our son in New York City. And when we go to New York City, we walk, and we walk, and we walk, and we walk. And I knew that there was no way that I could spend three, four days walking, because I couldn't even get through a day without having to elevate. I was taking lots of ibuprofen, not so great. But, you know, elevating my knee, having problems sleeping at night, experiencing a lot of pain. So I'm praying I'm asking God, please heal my knee because I want to go see Justin so bad. But I, we had to go now. We had this window of time. And it was like, oh, if we don't go now, I don't think we're going to get to see him. There was some urgency in there. I really believe God was compelling us to go. For some reason, it was very important that we go visit him now. And so I think I was a beggar. And I was hoping. But nothing changed. But I heard this message. It's already yours. And on paper, I knew that, but that's not how I was praying, was I was asking God for something that was already mine. And this is the, this is the truth that changed everything for me. When I heard, and Andrew Womack, I need to give credit where credit is due, <laughs> his study is called, You Already Have It, You've Already Got It. And I call it, It's Already Yours. <laughs> Because I had changed the name, so I didn't plagiarize. But this was, I heard this, and I heard him speak this, and he said this. He says, what most people don't understand is that there are two realms. There is a spirit realm. In the spirit realm, everything that Jesus accomplished is waiting for you. It's there. It's real. Now, I know you, you can't focus with your, your eyes here and see it. But we have spiritual eyes, ladies. These are the eyes of faith that the word talks about. And he said, so everything that Jesus finished on the cross is already in the spirit realm. And it's waiting for you. And we live in the physical realm, so all my symptoms are real. I'm not denying that I had this huge blown up uh, uh, swollen knee. Uh, sticking your head in the sand is not faith. All right? But looking at it. And applying the word of God to it makes a change. That's how things begin to change in the physical realm. And so what I was experiencing was real. But suddenly when I saw this truth, it was like a faith switch flipped for me. Because I heard the Holy Spirit say, you have a new knee waiting for you with your name on it. And I went, I saw it. I saw it. Saw it. I don't know what a knee looks like, but I saw this thing with my spiritual eyes, and it became real to me. It was only hope to me. Hope is good. We need hope. But it has to be transferred into something real to you. And it became so real to me that there was a new knee, and it had this tag on it, and it said, To Karen, love God. 
That's what it said. And he said, will you receive it? Because this is the next question. Uh, number five, our faith builds the bridge that makes it possible for the spiritual blessing to cross over into the physical realm. Our faith builds the bridge that makes it possible for the spiritual blessing to cross over into the physical realm. This new knee, I said, that's mine. My faith was activated, and I received it. Now, in the moment that I received it, if I looked down, my knee was swollen and it hurt. It didn't matter what my senses were telling me. This is a whole different realm. I knew that I knew that I knew that I had just received a new knee. Now, my body had to start lining up with what was true because the word of God works every time. And the first thing that happened, and you know what? I didn't even worry about it. I wasn't even looking at my knee. I didn't care what it felt like. I walked around and told everybody I saw, I have a new knee. And they looked at me like, did you just have knee surgery? What's up with you? They thought I was so weird, but it was so real to me. And as I walked it out, the first thing that happened was the, the, the pain began to lessen. And then the swelling went away. And I was walking normally. Oh, wait a minute. This is funny. I wasn't walking normally. I'm going, okay. I was still favoring it. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's not how healed people walk. I said, all right, yes, sir, we're going to walk normally. And every once in a while, my knee would go, and i say, in Jesus' name, I have a new knee. I don't care what just happened. I still have a new knee because the Word of God works every time, and the Word of God is more true than the symptoms in my knee. And it, it began to get stronger and stronger. We made those plane reservations two weeks later, and my son... My husband protecting me. He says, you have to walk a little sore for mom because she's been dealing with the knee. Say, I'm healed. Stop. You know, don't baby me. So the first, uh, after three days, my son had a nap on his phone. And he says, mom, he says, do you realize the first day you were here, we walked 10 miles. Praise God. I couldn't hardly walk by the end of the day, ladies. So he said, well, the second day we walked 14 and today we walked 12. Uh, am I healed? Amen. But I was healed before. The swelling went down, and I was healed before the pain went away because it was that real to me. What's real in the spirit realm is more real than what I was feeling, hearing, tasting, touching, and I'm missing one. What's the other one? <laughs> Your senses. Uh, smelling, thank you. Yeah, that's kind of stinky. Uh, <laughs> but see, I saw it. I believed it was for me. And it built a bridge of faith so I could receive it. That changed my life, ladies. Oh, I've got some more testimonies, but I have to save them because we've got four more weeks <laughs> to do this. But I saw it so clearly. And the revelation that God has given us every spiritual blessing to enjoy, and it's already waiting for you with your name on it. And here's what I know. Ooh, Holy Spirit, show these ladies what's waiting for them. With their name on it. Worksheet question number six. I believe there are three components to faith. And we've been saying it. See it. Believe it. Receive it. See it with the eye of your faith. Believing that Jesus has already provided it for you. And simply receive it. It's real, ladies. If Jesus says you can have it, you can have it. God's telling you exactly what that is right now. I know it. I know it. Your physical senses are good, but they, do, they can limit God. And I don't want to call you names now. Don't make me call you a doubting Thomas. Because Thomas was limited to his senses, and the disciples said, oh, you missed it. Maybe he went out for, for a pop or something. I don't know. He's on a water bottle run or whatever. And he missed it when Jesus appeared to them in the upper room and he ministered to them and he ate with them. And they said, Thomas, Jesus was here. He says, I won't believe it until I see it and until I touch him, until I hear his voice. So what did he do? He put, he put if, if, if I can't understand it and if I can't touch it, I can't believe it. Ladies, that's not faith. That's not faith. Faith calls those things that be not just as though they already were and are. And you don't have to see it here. You have to see it here. 
with the eyes of your faith. Your faith has eyes. Activate your faith. See it. Believe it. Receive it. And believers, we have a sixth sense. A sixth sense. And I'm not talking about that creepy movie. Question number seven. Faith is the sixth sense of the believer. Sense it with your faith, ladies, not your eyeballs. Use the eyes of your faith to see it, believe it, receive it. Romans 4.17 is what it says, calling those things that be not just as though they already were. And you're not lying when you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, because Jesus calls you healed. Now, body, line up with what the word of God says. Our third study is called, we're commanders, not beggars. You want to learn how to pray powerful prayers that line up with the word of God and see good results because it lines up with the word of God? Oh, don't miss number three. Anyway. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I love this in the Amplified because it really, uh, this is a really familiar scripture. But Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified says this. Now faith is the assurance the title deed, the confirmation of the things we hope for. Hope is important, but hope doesn't build a bridge. Faith builds a bridge. But we start with hope. I was hoping I would get healed, but then I knew I was healed, and that was a different thing. That was the building blocks of my bridge to allow that healing to cross over, and so I got a new knee. So the, it's the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. I couldn't see it with my eyeballs, but it was a conviction of the reality. I think there's more. Is there more? No? Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Can we read that again? Yep. Sorry, going to make you go back. Thank you. Now faith is the assurance I know that I know that I know that I'm holding the title deed. If you have the deed to a house, who does it belong to? Yeah, but what if you, what if you don't live there and you can't see it? And what if it's way far away? Are you still the, the owner of that thing? Why? You got the title deed and your name is on it. And that's what faith says. That's mine. That's got my name on it. I love that. Isn't that powerful? The title deed of the things we hope for being the proof. You could not talk me out of the fact that I had a new knee. I had proof in my heart. I believed it with all my heart. That we do not see in the conviction of the reality, it's got to become real, right? Next. Which is faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I might not see it manifest in the physical, but it's already done waiting for you in the spiritual realm. So now I am able to call what is unseen from the spirit realm into the physical realm to affect change. Let's go to number eight. So we already kind of answered this. So faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Praise God, I'm doing good with my time. So what have you already got that you've been asking for instead of building a bridge and receiving it by faith? Here's another scripture. Have you ever prayed for more anointing? That's a real common prayer for people in some kind of spiritual position or whatever. Lord, I just need more anointing. No, that's not what 1 John 2, 27 says. And as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. It says I'm already anointed. Guess what I need to do? Stir it up, what I've already got. You have an anointing to stir up. You have faith that needs to be stirred up. You need to activate faith. If there's anything that we need to do, 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 it's to say I'm releasing faith for that. Because God's not going to make you do that. That's your choice. Sometimes I wish he didn't give us so much free will. Sometimes we just mess ourselves up. But that's a decision that we begin to make. We release faith for what we know is already ours. Let's go to question number nine. Believers need to be good 
receivers. Believers, we need to learn to be good receivers, and I think that's what we can do throughout this study is learn how to receive what God's been trying to get to you the whole time. He's not withholding any good thing because the problem is not the supply. But maybe we need to learn to be better receivers. All right. And the last one there in your worksheet, number 10. Did I skip any? We good? Woo, yes. I usually skip one. <laughs> so number 10 is what is real in the spirit realm has the power to change. What is real in the, <laughs> I think I mis misspoke that. What is real in the physical realm. What does your worksheet say? Can you show me? <laughs> what is real, let me read your paper if you don't mind. What is real in the spirit realm, okay, good, has the power to change what is real in the physical realm. My notes were wrong, yours is right. Good. So what we're looking for is change in my body, change in my circumstance, change in my finances, change in the way I see myself, change in my relationship with God. Change, right? Right, ladies? It's waiting for you in the spirit realm. It's already yours. It's got your name on it. So we're going to learn how to build a faith bridge. But notice I said real in the spirit realm. If we don't believe that it's all, that it's real. You know, because you think of spirit, it's like, woo. Yeah, there is another realm. And the devil likes to operate in that realm as well. But God is always greater. He's a defeated foe. Don't let him lie to you and think he's got power over you. The only power he has, the only weapon he has left after Jesus kicked him in the booty and died on the cross and then completely stripped him of all his weapons is deception. It's the only weapon he has. And so when we get our thinking and our believing lining up with the word of God, he has no place. You will recognize the lie because you already know the truth. So that's why we continue to grow in our understanding and our revelation by the Holy Spirit. But notice I said it is real. It's just in the spirit realm. And now when it crosses over that bridge of faith, it becomes real in the other realm, in the physical realm. You cannot use your five senses to receive this or to even judge whether it worked or not. Because what? The word of God works every time. So I'm not looking at my knee saying, oh, it still hurts and it's still swollen. It didn't work. I said, no, the word of God works every time. Knee, line up. You heard me. You have no other choice because the word of God overcomes, supersedes, totally overwhelms anything happening in the real spirit realm. But you have to use your sixth sense, which is faith. I have to stop. But just the tip of the iceberg, next time we get together, we're going to talk about, we're going to be myth busters. The deceptions that the devil wants you to believe, where you say, I don't know if I can receive that. That keeps us from receiving. But one of those lies is, I must not have had enough faith. Oh, I can't wait to tell you more about that. And the, the session after that is going to be called Commanders Not Beggars. So we're going to learn you are powerful impact women. You're not going to walk out of here the same. I believe that in Jesus' name. All right, ladies, we're going to take the next 20 minutes or so for some table discussion. So if you'll flip that page over um, that you were just writing in, there are some discussion questions. Now, we haven't formally appointed uh, uh, well-trained um, counselors and table leaders at your table, but you're all impact women, so lead yourselves, okay? <laughs> it's a matter of reading the question. Make sure that our answers line up with the Word of God. Um, love on each other and share, with, share your heart with one another, but I believe this is going to be a fun time, so let's take some time and um, do some fun discussion. Go for it. <laughs>